0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Aussie Nerds Podcast. I'm Daniel, and this week we are going to discuss Paddington 2 and, because I haven't seen it before, Paddington. And I'm here with Hunter
1: hello hello this is your favorite movie yes it is it's hard for me to decide favorite movie but i take a look at the top three and think you know what yeah this one wins
0: yeah i mean it is fucking adorable
1: seriously
0: it's so cute um and you have like this one's heavy and has lots of big themes in it about like life and shit and it's like no he goes to prison and he didn't do anything wrong to go to prison because he's fucking Paddington. He goes to prison, and he reforms the entire prison with fucking marmalade. What more do you want?
1: It honestly keeps reminding me of that story of Joseph in Egypt in the Bible, (laughs) where, like, uh, gets sent to prison for not doing anything wrong, and then reforms the prison and makes everybody love him, and everybody's better off for him going to prison. I'm like, wait, how much time (laughs) did they spend reading this story in order to but like yeah, that's just one of the random one of the random associations that I get out of these
0: movies. I usually ask when uh people first saw this movie, but this was like what 2 years ago? 3 years ago?
1: Yeah, it came out in Britain in late 20 in late 2017, like December of 2017 and in the US in January of 2018, I think. So, yeah, it's been pretty recent. I saw this movie because Patrick H. Willems, a YouTuber who talks a lot about film, uh, t- went on this 20 minute rant about how great the Paddington movies are <laughs> and what he said about it made me think, I want to see this. This sounds like exactly the kind of movie I would enjoy and it really was. I saw the, um,
0: in 2013, the first movie was and I think uh, I saw the trailer where he's cleaning the uh, his ears with a toothbrush and I'm like, this is the worst and I'm never seeing it. Uh, it just was so unappealing, that first trailer.
1: Yeah, the first movie is a standard 90s adventure movie with lots of slapstick for kids. One of those movies like, I don't know, The Goonies or Home Alone or something like that. It's rather standard about it, except that the cinematography and the cast are amazing. And Paddington and the second is one- still adorable. Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. I forgot about that part. And there is still marmalade.
0: (laughs) One of my favorite lines, which is like, kids are going to see this and only want to eat marmalade sandwiches, is, uh, why do I have to eat my vegetables? Um, And and she said, marmalade is good for little bears, not little boys, which is just going to be the line that all parents said for like a month and a half.
1: I mean, marmalade sandwiches taste pretty good. Yeah, they're great. We had, we had some friends over to watch Paddington and eat marmalade. And um, it turned out to be better than we thought.
0: <laughs> it's, it's pretty great. I um, In Paddington 2, he goes to prison because... Um, is it Hugh Grant? That's the bad guy?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. <laughs> because Hugh Grant stole a pop-up book uh, and framed Paddington for it. And because we can't have... Um, Paddington actually do anything bad because he's Paddington and you just have Paddington's aura of positivity just surround everyone and just make the whole prison better in every way.
1: I feel like one of these days I'm going to be giving a talk on uh, a sermon on service or a sermon on uh, manners or something like that and quote Paddington too extensively.
0: I mean, yeah, <laughs> just play Paddington 2. It's like, I present to you Paddington 2 as my entire evidence. <laughs> Amen. There's the end of my sermon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I lo- But no, seriously, you take a look at this movie and you've got, um, he shows up to the prison and he's not scared to talk to the chef, who's absolutely terrifying to everybody. And everybody knows you never talk to Knuckles if you want to survive in this prison. Paddington doesn't know and- that yeah well, I mean, somebody <laughs> says that to him, but then he 's like yeah okay let let 's give this a shot and then, by sheer accident, he manages to make knuckles happy, and then That's he the keeps mom making
0: sandwich
1: yes and then he mom keeps make,
0: freaking amazing.
1: yes, and then he just keeps making people happy like somebody yeah. s- somebody asks what 's for dessert, and he 's willing to listen to other people 's thoughts and in the process, he's able to make everybody's lives better by making people happy and listening to pe- to what people have to say. They, uh,
0: the first time he's in prison, he's on laundry duty, and it's the classic red sock with the uh, with the black and white uh, clothes, and everything turns pink. And, and then it cuts to everyone's
1: big thing. Which... Seriously, the cinematography and the editing on this on these yeah. movies. Amazing!
0: It's so well like you done. said that
1: that cut is just one of the funniest pieces of editing I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> it's so good, and um, and then he's like, "Ah, oh, this could have gone better." But then it goes to Knuckles. But then he's like, "Oh, this is gruel and stuff," and you're like, "Oh, they the prisoners are getting crappy food." But it turns out that Knuckles is just a shit chef. And <laughs> it so goes to Knuckles, and he's like, "Oh, yes, I love it when people." Complain about my food, and you see the guy and he's like, oh, "Get a medic in here," and then he hits him, and he's like, "Make that a priest."
1: Yes, they. The comic timing is just <laughs> wonderful here.
0: It's so British.
1: Maybe I, I just really like British humor. I just also, I, I, the the comedy is just as good as the action, which is genuinely surprising and wonderfully amazing.
0: It's so delightful, and I I absolutely adore it. And I hope that they're making a a third one. I assume they are.
1: So Ben Wishaw, who voices Paddington, has said that they are working on Paddington 3, but it will take a while. And I'm thinking, take as long as you need, guys. (laughs) You take as long as you need to do this right.
0: It's worth it. And you had, like, the first one came out in 2013. The second one came out in 2017. It's like 2021-ish. I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> we could just go through like every joke. I like. Yeah, we that, could. I like that the kid is like um, the the boy in it is like I'm not in. I have to hide the fact that I'm into steam trains because steam trains aren't cool. Do you know what is cool? 90s clothes with like sideways hats and sunglasses and call me J rod and it's like, I don't know if they were it was on purpose or not, but he looks like such a douchebag.
1: Well <laughs> Teenagers don't actually know what's cool. They're just trying really hard to do what they think is cool.
0: Yeah, teenagers don't realize that cool doesn't exist and anything and anyone outside of their circle is just, no, that's so lame. Like dabbing. I didn't know what dabbing was until like a week ago. And it's like Wow it just looks stupid
1: that said can i just appreciate the fact that they use the same child actors for both movies yep it it's so good and even though the movies are several years apart are are made several years apart they let the actors age
0: yeah they write the story appropriately like paddington's been here for a while he's um he's on his little trip to go to the store whatever and it's like Everything he does just makes their lives better. Like he tells that guy to uh, not forget his keys (laughs) and everyone's just genuinely happy and it's just a ray of positivity.
1: I watch this movie and think that is who I want to be in life. I want to be the kind of person who makes other people's lives better. I want to be the kind of person who makes other people want to do better things. I mean, think about how much knuckles changes and how much spoon changes and how much everybody in Paddington's neighborhood, they're better people because of him. That's all I want out of life.
0: You have this guy. So Paddington wants to buy the pop-up book and it's not just a regular pop-up book. It's worth like a thousand dollars. And He's like, you need a thousand more of these coins, which is just vague enough to be considered a dollar. And uh, he's like, okay, I'm gonna get a job. So he's terrible, but he's Paddington, so he's terrible at his job.
1: And eventually, a- he figured out how to do his job right. Yeah, he's a hairdresser, though. And okay, that job, yes, he's terrible. His job is janitor. True. He's good at that job. His job is it's janitor. T- but yeah, inside. when he's, he's asked to, to the do judge. a hairdresser he's uh he's
0: like i just tidy up and he's like that's fine i only need to tidy up
1: and
0: And... his he doesn't want to disappoint anyone so he's like okay i guess i'll clean i'll give you a haircut this couldn't possibly go wrong
1: okay just another thing to simply appreciate about the film how many times they do callbacks and how well they set things up that judge I mean, yeah, they could have just made him into one joke for a slapstick scene, but then they bring him back to be the reason why Paddington goes to prison in the first place because that's the judge, and this judge doesn't like Paddington after that experience. And then they bring him back during the climax as a joke, and then they bring him back during the mid-credits scene. (laughs) Not many movies would take that much effort to do callbacks. It's, It's a great callback
0: as well like well this is fine and then you see the judge and it's like ah shit
1: pretty much
0: (laughs) i can i like to imagine in kids films a moment where characters would swear uh it's a habit of mine from babysitting
1: okay (laughs) (laughs) um by the way random thing you were talking about the price of the pop-up book you can buy that pop-up book online
0: oh i want that pop-up book
1: like exactly the same design and it's like 30 bucks us dollars uh, okay that's that's great. he's trying to pay for it in quarters and pennies
0: i'm willing to bet that uh it's worth way more in the uh in the context of the movie because it's like one of a thousand yeah. whatever but it's, it's not
1: like handmade
0: that much and i like and so he, he has a bunch of different uh jobs And the one that he lands on is Window Washer. That scene is just
1: the best. It's
0: so funny.
1: And not only is it funny, but it gives us an opportunity to see how Paddington helps other people's lives. I mean, he helps out this grumpy colonel, just tries to do something nice for him, because mine as well. I have a couple minutes here. And the process completely transforms the colonel's life, because the colonel's windows are clean, and so there's a lot more light in his life, literally. Colonel looks out the window, sees cute girl, and goes and meets cute girl, and they start dating after a while, and it's just wonderful to see how well they use jokes and plot points to demonstrate character and to bring things back. And the movie's just so tight and efficient and everything is doing more than one thing and everything is leading to the central point of the ability to make other people's lives better.
0: My, um, what I like to do with this podcast is ask why something is someone's favorite movie. And I, because like people pick different movies. This is just genuinely mm-hmm. positive and fun and adorable. Uh, but why this one in particular?
1: Okay, so one, like I said, it reminds me that I actually can be the kind of person that I want to be. I mean, Paddington is life goals for me. <laughs> so Every time I watch it, I get reminded of, uh, of who I want to be and what I need to do to get there. But also just the sheer quality of the film this movie deserves the hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes that it got nice and you look at like you look at the cinematography the editing the num the ways that they point the camera at exactly what you need to get the most emotional impact the ways that they do all these match cu- all these visual match cuts to show similarity between scenes and show contrast between scenes you look at the ways that the- that the you look at the cast oh my gosh the cast is amazing you look at how well they set things up you look at the climax this is the best train sequence that i've ever seen outside of like the lone ranger which did like everything you can do on a train sequence (laughs) it felt like this movie it felt like paul king the director went and watched went and asked his friends what are the 100 best movies of all time watched all those movies in a weekend and then made Paddington 2
0: and then just put a bear in them Yes. He gets the toffee apples, puts them in between his paws and uses them to climb up a wall.
1: That's amazingly creative. How did they think of that? But then you think they set that up (laughs) in act one when they first go and visit the fair? Paddington pulls the wrapper off, of ya- off of a toffee apple and realizes how incredibly sticky these things are. <laughs> and then in act two, he uses those as almost a weapon. There is an incredible amount of Chekhov's gun, Chekhov's skill, Chekhov's gag, and Chekhov's hobby in and these Chekhov's movies. Chekhov's toffee apple. <laughs> yes. <laughs> these are like a textbook on how to be
0: Chekhov. This is a great um, screenplay. It's so tight. And every and nothing is wasted. Even the kid's stupid train hobby, seriously, comes back because he has to drive a real train. And it's like, how does he know how to drive a train? Well, about an hour ago, we showed you that he was obsessed with trains, even though he didn't want. He thought
1: that it wasn't cool. Random, uh, random hobbies and skills these characters have will be brought back in the climax. Like that's kind of the formula for the climax of these movies, where uh, the dads where the dad's past will become something that he uses again, like the coconut or the mom's ability that she's been working on since the beginning of the movie will become really useful again, or, okay, just one random, really impressive setup. There's a moment right near the end. Well, right before the climax where Paddington puts a coin into a phone booth and he pulls the coin out of his ear. (laughs) <laughs> he put that coin in his ear in his ear an hour of screen time earlier got sent to prison still had the coin in his ear came out of prison and still had the coin in his ear and the filmmaker somehow thought set up where he got the coin and when he uses it the sheer amount of thought put into these movies rivals edgar wright (laughs) and the reason that he put the coin in his
0: ear is because didn't the bad guy put it there because he was pretending to be a magician no
1: um someone put it there Aunt Bird pulls, uh, Mrs. Bird pulls a coin out of his ear, oh, doing, the, doing that magic trick that you do to kids, and he put the coin back in his ear because he thought that's where it belongs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I love it so much. Oh.
1: This is one of those movies that, seriously, I feel like everybody needs to watch this movie at least once before they die, partly because of the sheer craft and partially because of. How positive it is, and how honestly it kind of changed my life. The uh, my favorite sequence is the prison
0: sequence because it starts with everything's terrible. Um, we uh, Paddington doesn't even get a bedtime story. Prison sucks. And then it ends, and then it goes through, and he makes friends with Knuckles. They improve the food, the morale's up. They change the setting of the cafeteria to be a restaurant with like knives and all this other shit and Paddington is like remember what my aunt would say and he's like God just does his lesson and has good table manners and everything's great and then it ends with them being read a bedtime story
1: which is so funny and and so well set up Uh uh-huh it also makes they set up that a bedtime story is not something you do here so that they can have that kind of contrast. Sorry, you were going on about how it makes yeah. sense. Please.
0: It, it makes sense because the prison guards are like, how do we keep the, all these uh, violent prisoners uh, controlled and, um, and in our system. And it's like, Oh, if we're nice to them, they just won't do anything bad to each other.
1: It's kind it's kind of the opposite of the Zimbago prison experiment
0: Uh uh-huh it's it's so fun i really love it
1: i'm so glad you got to watch this movie (laughs) (laughs) it's
0: so good Uh, the story the story of it uh is great for setting up all these gags i prefer the story of the original because it's about immigration uh and how we how uh, we should treat foreigners uh and people seeking a new home that's that's a great story and I don't know the two of my favorite um jokes one's from the first one where the uh where Mrs Brown says okay so he's about 5 foot 3 uh is wearing a red hat and is a bear and it's like that's not a not lot to go on and she's like seriously
1: that is actually what the official she's talking to replies. The person actually replies, it's not a lot to go on. And I love that. (laughs) It's it's really
0: funny because apparently because of course, because there's gonna be a lot of bears running around. And my favorite gag my favorite gag in the sequel is uh when he's like, well I don't know but and then he just brings in all of his friends that he made in prison. Yes. (laughs) And then they turn off the light and not the microphone and they just have all this team with the couch when they're discussing if they can trust on the prison
1: they can, you know. talking about that hairy buffoon in the middle and how he doesn't have two brain cells to knock around <laughs> and the hairy buffoon just says matter of factly we can still hear you Mr. Brown
0: <laughs> Like, but we like Paddington even though we hate you uh, we like Paddington so we're gonna help him anyway even though you guys are assholes
1: pretty much
0: <laughs> it's so funny. I love it so much. Have you uh did you grow up with
1: reading Paddington? No, I literally heard of these for the first time when Patrick H. Williams made his video about it. I never like I'd seen that there was a DVD of Paddington 2 in Walmart. That was it. So, and I passed by and thought it's probably some dumb children's movie. That was it.
0: <laughs> That's what I said as well. Even though for the last like years people have been telling me, you have to watch Paddington.
1: (laughs) This is one of those great examples of how there's a... I don't see a line between kids' movies and adult movies. I see see a line between good movies and bad movies. And sadly the kids' movies have a higher... And sadly the kids' movies are just plain better at being good movies on the whole.
0: Well, the good ones are... Like, you still have a lot of trash movies but you have a lot of trash movies in adult movies too. So when they're good, they're great. Like with uh, Christopher Robin, that movie sucks because it's, it, 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 sh- it asks all these questions about how Winnie the Brew works. And it's like, oh, that's terrifying. And also the plot is uh, give up your day job, be a kid again. Uh, and, and that was like, when you're seven, it's like, yeah, dad should quit his job. And uh, so that he can spend more time on me. And when you're paying, you're like, oh, fuck off. I've got, I've got bills and a mortgage and all this stuff to pay off. And then the way that, that Christopher Robin is resolved is he turns the chart upside down. And it's like, there, we solved the plot in like five minutes.
1: Christopher Robin felt like it. It felt to me like they watched Paddington, watched Paddington 2, watched Hook, and said, we can do that. And then they were lazy about it. They didn't put in the work to earn it. Uh,
0: Like, um, Winnie the Pooh and his friends are like stuffed animals. So you have them be stuffed animals. It's like, um, you have Christopher Robin who hasn't played with his toys in a while. The, his daughter goes to the attic. It's like, oh, I found all these stuffed animals. We're having a tea party and you don't, and the parents don't see them move. And It's like Toy Story, but they can talk to the kids. And then at the end, he joins you for a tea party and that's the movie. That should have been it.
1: I mean, as a Paddington meets Hook idea, I mean, it's okay, but it's still, like, it just felt lazy. Mm. And then there's Paddington, which thinks bears no expense and takes every effort. I, I love Paddington.
0: So cute. And uh, I like how in the first one, the little girl learns how to speak bear. Uh, and
1: then they use it and then to save Paddington. It.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, Speaking of which, let's talk about the villains, because the villains are so fun. Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, I prefer uh, uh, the first one. Really? Is it Nicole
1: Kidman? Yeah, Nicole Kidman's character, Millicent Brown. Sorry, that's a huge spoiler to anybody who hasn't seen the first movie. Like, literally, her name is not said until the third act, because her name is a twist ending. I thought that the twist was
0: going to be that the, um, the Explorer was um, related to the Brown. Um, oh, that would have wrapped things up nicely. But I'm glad that it wasn't, because then there would have been like a link, and the whole point is that the Explorer's family should take care of this bear, we shouldn't. So if they were the Explorer's family, then that would have defeated the purpose. But by having the bad guy be related to the Explorer, that's even better because she can't be responsible for him because <laughs> she wants
1: she to stop She literally wants to kill him.
0: She wants to stuff bear. And I I like that. I, I like that link with them. And I also as an aside, Nicole Kidman is so funny. <laughs> She's just it so does great. Such She's it's so great, and Nicole Kidman is like uh, come here in my taxi. See, it says taxi. It just says taxidermy. It, it's
1: so. Can, fun. can I just appreciate how much fun these villains must have had on set? Oh yeah, playing a villain in a kids movie is just the best job. You look at the way that you look at the way that Nicole Kidman or Hugh Grant are acting. You look at the way that Nicole Kidman or Hugh Grant is acting and just think, you just had so much fun on this movie. I am so glad you got to do this movie for (laughs) your sake. It looks like you had a great time.
0: Yeah. She gets to be a villain and monologue about how she gets to kill a bear. It's so funny. That said, go ahead. And um, villains, actors who play villains in kids' movies always, when they are just eating up the scenery, like hook and hook or oh, um or Rao julia in street fighter just in what other context would you get to um print, uh, to um march up and down uh in a big um purple cape fly with superpowers and get to wrestle jean-claude van damme and dress like gay hitler it's the best
1: <laughs> love that description <laughs> <laughs> on a level of storytelling, I'm going to say that I like Hugh Grant's villain a whole lot more than Nicole Kidman's villain. Here's why: okay. Nicole, Kidman's, Nicole Kidman's entire goal is directed for the. Hang on, attitude.
0: hang on. Something's wrong with your mic. Can you, um, can you just put it back in here? I think it's better that way.
1: It's not going to go all scratchy when I move.
0: Uh, no, it went all scratchy when you were fiddling
1: with it. Okay. Okay. Well, sorry about that. Um, how far back do we need to go? I, I don't want oh, I'm scratching stuff. On you. okay. So, um, Nicole Kidman's character on this, her goal is directly related to Paddington. She wants to kill Paddington, which means that all she gets to do for the first two acts is look for Paddington. She never gets to actually interact with Paddington. She never gets to affect Paddington's life because as soon as she finds Paddington, she's not going to interact with him or affect him. She's going to go in for the kill. As soon as she can. Hugh Grant's character is exactly the opposite. Hugh Grant's character has a goal, Paddington has a goal, and they're in complete opposition. Neither of them can win. You can't have both of them win. One of them has to lose. And so Hugh Grant's character gets to exercise a lot more agency, gets to affect the plot a lot more directly, gets to affect Paddington a lot more directly, and feels like a more dynamic, not dynamic, and feels like a more proactive character because, his, because he has a goal, Paddington has a goal, and they're both directly opposed to each other.
0: And Paddington isn't his goal as well. Exactly. So it's like an X where it's like, I want to get this pop-up book, uh, Paddington wants the pop-up book, we cross paths, Paddington goes to prison and he gets the pop-up book. And then after that, he's like, okay, I've got my pop-up book. He's in prison. I don't give a shit about the bear. So then they go off and do their own plots where Paddington has to break out of prison and he has to find the treasure. And then it isn't until the end where um, they meet up again.
1: That said, so like (coughs) the how it should have ended version of this movie, which never happened, thankfully. If it were a how it should have ended it would have really highlighted the theme well. Because if Hugh Grant were willing to talk with somebody and willing to work with somebody and willing to get some help, he could have got his goal easier without breaking the law. And here's how. He could have so bought the pop-up he, up book? What? He could have bought the pop-up book. If it costs like $1,000 oh, yeah. or whatever. If oh, yeah, the absolutely. Pop-up book here's, before Paddington. Here's what I'm thinking. Okay. So Paddington is already getting the money. He has one more day before he gets the book. Hugh Grant loans him five bucks that's all he has to do. Paddington buys in exchange for which Hugh Grant says I will give you five dollars you can have the book now you can get it to Aunt Lucy but in exchange for that I want the book for one day. Oh yeah. He goes and finds all his clues he brings the book back to Paddington he writes the clues down in something that isn't a handmade crafted piece of art. He is a villain. Villains hate art. Yeah but like I'm sorry. That is the best kick the dog moment I've ever seen, where he writes in chalk on a piece of art. What a piece That's of just shit! A great kick. The seriously, it That's makes you. That's worse think than, you than sending
0: it to prison.
1: Yep. For uh, what's the word? For property damage, vandalism. I can't actually remember the word, but he like damages somebody else's property rampantly. But yeah, if he if he'd gone through the route of being willing to work with other people, then which, which is had his every- major character arc. You know? exactly his fatal flaw is that he can't work with other people it really the the version that says oh you could have simplified the plot emphasizes the theme
0: yeah Paddington uh makes
1: friends with everyone works with uh people
0: um the the villain doesn't work with anyone Paddington is like okay we want to improve the food we've got to work together Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and um he's like Okay, first, you need, a th- uh, you need to move those oranges to here, taking one at a time. He just takes one
1: orange at a time. <laughs> Another one of those truly inspirational moments is when he looks for the best in Knuckles and sees, instead of seeing somebody who can beat you up, sees you have a fine pair of orange squeezers. <laughs> I wish I could look at people like that I want to look at people like that and say "Well, yeah, everybody else just thinks of you this terrible way, but I see this great thing out of that terrible thing
0: Have you seen Mr. Rogers?
1: No and I know Mr. Rogers is exactly the prescription for that, it's just Mr. Rogers had over 100 episodes in his first season and I'm a little intimidated
0: I I haven't watched uh, all of his episodes because no one can Um, but I saw the documentary, and everything he did was like, when I was watching Paddington, I'm like, oh, it's like Mr. Rogers, except Mr. Rogers was real. And he had uh, sweaters that were knitted by his grandmother.
1: Instead of having a duffel coat that was handed down from his adoptive, adoptive father figure.
0: (gasps) It's so... This movie, man, I love it a lot. And I'm going to watch it again and again and again. It's uh, it's so cute. It might be on my top 10 favorite list. I don't know. But, like, it should be. I've seen it four times in the past year. Uh, it's so sweet. And, it, like, everything comes back. Like, that, uh, the girl is like, uh, I want to... And, and the girl learns lessons as well. It's like, I don't want any boys to be on this team because uh, that boy broke up with me. And she has to learn to work with others in order to make the newspaper better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, her character arc seems a little. Honestly, yes, I'm going to give a little bit of criticism about this. Go nuts. Her character arc seems a little bit um, unearned. It seems like she doesn't actually learn to work well with boys. They just threw that in to give to give her a happy ending. She worked with her brother on the train thing. That's what it was. Okay, I find that often when I criticize a movie, somebody else can just point out this is how it worked, and I can go, "Oh, that's why." Thank you. You're welcome. That happens a lot. It's fine. It's easy. Another to, criticism. Enough. Another criticism that maybe you can help out with here. Sure. Every time I watch Paddington Two with anybody else, somebody Ooh. will say, uh, "We'll get to the we'll get to the prison break scene," and somebody will say, "How?" Because they work together. Shut up. And I'll just and I'll just and then, reply. They've been plan- they've been planning this for months. Assume they've been planning this for months. Don't worry about it. But, like, it feels like the second one relies on this kind of cartoon logic that the first one relied on and had, but the first one set it up. Like, the opening scene is filled with cartoon logic. The second well, one never really sets up enough cartoon logic to be able to pull it off. You're talking about the airplane, right? Uh, no, I'm talking about the no, hot airplane. Hot airplane, balloon. Air balloon, I
0: mean. Uh, Paddington likes the laundry. And uh, something, 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 basket, something, something, heat, something, something.
1: Uh, they get out. No, it's not that. It's that I feel like they should have set up a tone that would have accepted cartoon logic. That's what I mean. Not that there is cartoon logic. That's not my problem. My problem is that they didn't set it up well enough.
0: Um, like, well, you, open- have, you have uh, other things, like the uh, train scene was set up because he could play with uh, because the kid played with a toy train. So he knows mm-hmm. how to drive a steam train. And you have these uh, the prisoners who have been Planning to escape, but they needed some someone bear sized in order to do it. Like it's a four man operation, but it's like you could have gotten any four men, but you needed Paddington specifically. So Paddington was just also helping them. They like plan. I, I love it. And and I okay. Um, so it doesn't make much sense that they could build that hot air balloon, but at the same time, who cares?
1: You- that is my issue. That yes, we should not care, but my friends do care because like okay, the first one. They spend the first five minutes setting up that this is cartoon logic. We've got a guy who's traveling through the wilderness with a travel piano. We've got bears who talk. In <laughs> <and> <laughs> which, yes, a travel piano. I love that line. We've got um, we've got this Swiss Family Robinson, Rube Goldberg machine for making marmalade out of ripe oranges. We've got a bear who we've got a bear who has a hat that's very important to him. We have Paddington inexplicably eating more normally than he could have possibly carried with him like the he whole always has thing an emergency
0: sandwich under his hat but all yes. that stuff was set up in the first one so naturally yes. all, you can come over to the sequel
1: all of that tone was set up in the first one the second one starts out the movie with a life or death danger sequence moves on to a highly moves on to several highly stylized scenes that would have been straight out of dramas keeps going on through scenes that are straight out of dramas until we get to Cartoon logic. I think. Like, I, think never really get logic. The- I think it's not cartoon logic.
0: I think it's not cartoon logic because they're just building a hot air balloon out of random crap that they find. The guy who did that, and I think that we can give the movie the benefit of the doubt. Of okay, so they used so they used the laundry stuff to build the the uh, balloon, and the guards have let their guard down because everyone's nice to each other, so they could do this uh, more. Openly, because all the guards were like, they're singing songs and making tea and crap. Everything's fine. No one's no one's hurting each other. It's who cares? Paddington wants to work with these three people in particular. We'll just
1: let him because he's Paddington. I definitely don't. uh, I definitely don't take the nitpick seriously. I try not (laughs) to nitpick any movie especially one that does have cartoon logic. I just wish it set up the cartoon logic better so that my friends could enjoy it more. That said, you were talking about them singing songs and making tea. Remember how um, in Paddington 2, when he's washing windows, the band is singing a song called Rub and Scrub. (laughs) Yep. The melody of Rub and Scrub is used as Paddington's main theme through the rest of the film.
0: Yeah, that's good. I didn't notice um, that. I don't notice music cues.
1: I have to notice music cues. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, my brother is a huge soundtrack nerd. I do a I do a lot with music. I, I kind of have to notice this stuff. Cool. The first one, um, the opening, the, the first time we see Paddington is the Marmalade Harvest. The soundtrack cue, Marmalade Harvest, is used as his main theme through that through the rest of the film, where they'll go. Bah, bah, da, bah, 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 bah. And then sometimes they'll turn it minor and sad where they go pa da da, da 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 I <clears throat> the
0: if you're talking about like illogical stuff, the fact that they caught the bad guy and Paddington is just allowed to leave prison even though he escaped from prison, uh, and they didn't have to go back and like do all this stuff it just sort of happened, that's more illogical than the whole airplane scene. But at the same time, I don't care because four minutes after that, his aunt comes
1: back and I'm crying. Yes. Oh, my gosh. There are two moments in this movie where I'm just like, I'm not crying. You're crying. Uh, the, scene where, the scene where Aunt Lucy is inside the Papa book, which, by the way, is wonderfully imaginative and stylistic in a way that would make Edgar Wright jealous. <laughs> and
0: You're a big Edgar Wright fan?
1: I, I think he's great at what he does. I think, he's, I, I think he's imaginative and stylish and wonderful at what he does. I don't think he's right for every movie, but the movies he's right for, he's perfect for. Um, and then, and during that whole scene, I'm just almost crying. And then during the ending scene, when, when it's Aunt Lucy's birthday, I'm just trying to hold back the tears the whole time. I should have
0: seen the ending coming. I don't, I'm mad that I didn't see the ending coming because throughout the entire thing, he's like, Paddington's like, oh, uh, my aunt w- has always wanted to see London and I want to get her this stupid pop-up book so that so she can see London. She really wants to see London. Get it? She's come to London. And I'm like, "Ah, oh, fuck. I didn't know. Why didn't I notice? It's such an obvious, off oh, it's such an obvious ending, especially for a kid's movie. And the fact that but I it's didn't done notice.
1: so well wow.
0: i know but i should have seen it coming like five minutes in and i'm i'm upset that i didn't because i'm just so focused on paddington like wanting to get this stupid pop-up book back and the fact that he's like that everyone's like it, it doesn't matter about the pop-up book we brought your art to london and i'm like of course you too." <laughs>
1: And yet, that scene is playing off of so much of the rest of the movie. Everybody loves Paddington. Everybody's indebted to Paddington. They literally walk into his house and tell him how much they mean, how much he means to them. Okay. Uh, by the way, this is the ending of It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, it's the exact same scene. A character wakes up after a long. A character wakes up after a long ordeal back in his house. Everybody comes to his house, tells him how much they mean to him. He's lost everything he's worked for for the entire movie, and he has no idea how he's possibly going to recover it. And everybody brings him the thing that he's been looking for for the entire movie as a gesture of goodwill because they love him on a holiday that is is important to that scene. It is exactly the same scene.
0: It's so good. And this is uh, one of the big parts, working together. They got to do it because, like, this person had contacts and this person did this and this person did that. They literally spell out how they worked as a team in order to get it done.
1: Like, even getting... Even even the climax, just getting to the climax-involved teamwork where the car fails... By the way, they really should have set up the car failing, but, like, there's so many other good setups and, pay, and payoffs that I'm not going to criticise her for missing that one. It's, anyway... It's such a minor detail. The car breaks, it just would have been better if they... Set True. Up the car breaking down. it's like, like it's it stored a bit in the first act exactly so the car breaks down and then everybody in the neighborhood comes and pushes the car it's just such an obvious teamwork scene and it's just so inspiring
0: yeah and you have um you have the main villain played by hugh grant but you also have the antagonist from the first and second movie that's that racist mm-hmm. uh that's like i hate bears and i'm like Oh come on, dude! You're the doctor. You're nice. And he's, and my favorite, my favorite uh, gag with him is that he's calling uh, the Browns to warn him about the taxidermy uh, plot, and then he's like, and he's putting on a voice, and it's like, why is he doing a stupid voice?
1: I love how they don't say it's Mr. Curry; they say it's Mr. Curry doing a silly voice.
0: <laughs> it's Mr. Curry doing a silly voice. It's like I'm not Mr. Curry; I'm Mr. Murray.
1: Curry. <laughs> Burry, Burry. Of all the stupid names he could have come up with He changes one letter by one letter He was a C back one letter to a B (laughs) This is not a bright man
0: And and then he's just like uh, And then in the second one We reveal that he does something with traffic
1: I think, maybe No, he just bought himself a yellow coat Oh, is that so it? It's not canon, but it's not canon. But like, he either is a is an elected safety official for the community, or he went and bought himself a yellow coat. I'm willing to bet that one, because no one takes Same. him seriously. Same. I don't think anybody would have actually elected or appointed him to, the, to that position.
0: And it's a big thing in America: the idea of like the uh, the community coming together and being controlled by arbitrary rules like how high your grass can be when i has an hoa
1: uh-huh and nobody likes it over here
0: when i first heard about that i'm like that's the
1: dumbest thing i've ever heard because i mean it it makes sense on the surface and then it just stops making sense after about five seconds
0: i um my family
1: picked a spot to live specifically based on whether they had an hoa or not and they said this place has no hoa we're buying it
0: yeah um, in Australia, as long as you're in your own yard, you can do pretty much anything to your own property and no one cares. Yay. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things in American culture that I'm like, why? That just seems like it would make that it would ruin morale.
1: Yeah. I don't think this is the podcast to talk about in HOA. <laughs> like, I'm not saying what you should do with your podcast. It's just like, I'd write, I don't know enough to say why I have a theory, but that's about it.
0: All right, fair enough. It's just one of those things exager- that's just weird to me. Um, the the um, have you seen the the two thousand and eleven Winnie the Pooh movie? The answer is obviously no. no.
1: I should have, but no. It like, is. I know it existed, but I haven't actually seen it. It's animated. It's just as adorable as this. Um, it's well played.
0: It's basically Winnie the Pooh. Uh, in a story and it's a it's a book and it, the narrator is reading the book and the Winnie the Pooh is like oh really we had to do that and he's talking to the narrator and it's so cute
1: it's i mean it looked like it was basically let's do a standard episode of Winnie the Pooh and just make it 2 hours long
0: i mean yeah but like it's Winnie the Pooh though
1: yes <laughs> that that's a good
0: enough reason yeah, i i really like that movie and it's one of the things that i was looking that is why i was excited to finally see Paddington cuz i'm like Oh, this can be done well. And it was your favorite movie, so I assumed that it was. It's, it's so cute. And they even do the ladder. So, so, um, Sir Paddington has the ladder for his window uh, cleaning job. And yes. to escape. He uses the ladder.
1: Yes. That was a great callback. So. That is not the kind of thing that you would expect them to bring back. Uh, it fails, but at the same time, they at least try and use it. Yeah which is honestly impressive in and of itself if they even thought of that. I kind of want to sit down with the writers and the director and ask, how would you think of this stuff? Of this, and this, and this, and this, and this. And I feel like half of it is going to be what well, they did in the books. If I haven't read Paddington... I Well, I haven't read the Paddington Bear books.
0: I, I like that. Tin Tin, uh, the 2011 uh, animated movie, has got like a Aww. bunch of stuff from all the books. So... I could see that though. I doubt it because I think they're just simple children's books, but I haven't read them. So maybe. Man, that Tintin movie. That was
1: such so, that, that was so much fun. I loved it. I loved the chase scene uh in it. Oh yes. And like that chase scene felt like a birthday present to me personally. <laughs> you like chase scenes? Um okay, so what I want in a movie is to either have something clever uh-huh. or to be or to want to be a better person. So like I I want to finish up a movie and think two things. One, how did you think of that? And two, I want to go be I want to go be nice to people now. <laughs> so like, make a mind uh, Paddington two. Those are absolutely up my alley. But Like Tintin, the chase scene is one of the most creative, clever scenes I've ever seen in my life, and it's a long take. And That's just a movie, movie
0: as well. It's just so, it's got great cinematography uh, in it. I, I love Tintin. If
1: anyone wants to talk about Tintin, my podcast is open. <laughs> Somebody needs to talk about Tintin with you. It's probably like number five on my top ten list or something. Nice.
0: And I I like that they set up why he was named Paddington. Because it was in the story, it's in the, um, the books as well, that he was found at Paddington Station. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like how he, how the, uh, Mr. Brown tried to pronounce his name and he ended up saying a swear
1: word, which is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I have no idea what Mr. Brown accidentally said, but. I can imagine. I I mean, I don't speak there. It was very rude. Yes.
0: But I like that, um, that that was set up as a gag and it's like you, and the whole thing of you should, um conform to our standards and our society and then like at the end after that uh the girl learns how i forget all these characters names the girl learns how to speak english uh, how to speak bear and um uh, which is like we can learn to have uh both of our cultures together and it's a great story about immigration and i prefer the story of the first movie because it's about that and it's uh, far more interesting than uh, the story of bear wants pop-up book bear goes to prison because someone stole pop-up book then there's a train chase but everything in the second movie around the story is I think better so everything except the story is better in the
1: sequel and then you take a look at just the sheer visuals on this frankly Paddington's design himself, the fact that he looks like he's actually walking around there and doesn't look like a stupid CGI creature is amazing.
0: Yeah, and he looks like, um, he looks like a toy bear, which is uh,
1: really cute. And
0: And a dog. I like that.
1: And then you look at, like, how they choose to visually represent some of the things in this movie. Um, when he's looking around for M. Clyde, sorry, not Millicent Brown, but Millicent, Millicent Clyde. I totally messed your name up earlier. When he's yeah. looking around for M. Clyde um, and they show in his handwriting M. Clyde and the addresses over each building and just cross them off so that they can... It, it's like a montage, but they say, huh, we're already doing a montage. Let's not make it more montage-y. Let's just take a visual shortcut in, a, in an imaginative way and they just keep doing that throughout these movies with these visual match cuts with these just i'm sorry the, the visuals here are amazing
0: yeah go nuts um it's, it's
1: your favorite movie so be passionate about whatever you want all right let's get into the sandwich then Okay. If we're going to be passionate, let's get into the sandwich. So first one, we set up that a wise bear always keeps sandwich in his hat in case of emergencies. We keep getting set up over and over and over again that he's only using this for emergencies and that the pigeons want the sandwich and he pays it off at the end that he uses it for emergencies for the pigeons. Well done. But also when he gets inside that I don't remember what it's called, when he gets stuck in the room with the guy with the huge hat, and the guy with the hat also has a sandwich in his hat, in case of emergencies, and he has a thermos, and he has tea, and he has a teacup, and he has just everything inside his hat. And the way they play off that scene, the way the camera is looking at them, the way the the way the guy is moving everything, just the camera alone is funny in this scene. I- And the whole,
0: uh, in case of emergency, hat sandwich. Whenever Paddington's in actual danger, the sandwich saves him. Like with Knuckles, when he's about
1: to get killed by Knuckles, he gets
0: saved by that sandwich from his hat.
1: And And the fact that during the credits of Paddington 2, they reveal that the sandwich shop that Brendan Gleeson's character opens up is called Knuckles Sandwich. That alone makes it one of my favorite movies. (laughs) If they'd done none of these other things, that
0: alone that deserves a slow clap. I love the um, the gags in it, and um, when when Hugh Grant goes to prison because of course he does, uh, when Hugh yes. Grant goes to prison and he's uh, setting up a musical, it reminded me of The
1: Producers. Oh, absolutely. Okay, <laughs> is a prison musical a thing? What is a prison I, musical? A, like they do it in The Producers, they do it in Paddington Two, and like in there's an episode of The Simpsons where. Uh the have you ever seen The Simpsons? Yes, of course. Everyone's seen The Simpsons. Okay. I didn't know how much to So you know how Sideshow Bob loves literature and theater? Uh-huh. There's an episode of The Simpsons where they ask Sideshow Bob to do something and Sideshow Bob asks, Why should I? And they reply, We'll give you your pick of roles in the Prism Musical. And Sideshow Bob says, Okay, I'll do it. There are um which it's great. It's great. I love it. There are
0: um uh Things to boost morale for like minimum security prison and stuff, but I haven't gotten into it. But it is just a I'm great glad you
1: haven't gotten into a minimum security prison.
0: Thank you. Um, they haven't caught me yet, okay. but the sure. um, but it's just it's in movies, it's just a fun gag like Sing Sing. Uh, they get sent to Sing Sing in the producers, and it's like, of course, they would because it's called Sing Sing. Uh, and <laughs> in Paddington, in Paddington. Well, the, Paddington's already improved that prison, so get so that, uh, Hugh Grant gets sent to Paddington's prison, and it's like, well, this works. So like, even though the bear left, we can still do it. So that's why that one got
1: uh, a musical, and it's like, and he's working also with. Also, that's, that's just a great uh that's a great mid credit scene if you're gonna have a mid credit scene that isn't like a marvel scene or like a pirates of the caribbean scene where it's setting something up it's a great way to pay something off that you didn't think was gonna get paid off it's a great way to wrap everything up yeah because even he learns how to work as in a team yeah
0: yeah it's this okay This movie has a brilliant script. Everything is so tight, and it's like they work backwards. It's like, okay, we want to do this, so we have to put these things in the script first. We want the kid to drive the train, so let's make it so that he has a hobby with trains. But he's still a stupid kid, so he wants to be cool. So he he tries to hide his hobby. And
1: it's like, okay. So he has to grow into being okay to being okay with trains exactly oh we need paddington to uh make a call with a
0: payphone because those still exist um and and by the way i love the fact that it was that it's in the uh like the 60s or whatever i don't know when exactly yeah, it was no set, but i think it's it set in the original time of the paddington books it's just vague enough to work so we have a scene where he needs to uh have a coin to uh pay for a phone call and it's like okay how do we set that up and it's like oh i know we'll have it like an hour earlier that uh that his aunt puts the aunt brown puts a coin behind his ear and all this stuff gets set up because it's like we need it to be paid off so let's make sure that we put it there and they did that with every single one except for the car
1: yeah Still, something that we can, something we can definitely forgive. Like it felt like they, it felt like they knew they wanted to do the train scene, and it felt like they knew they wanted to do the prison, and they wrote the entire prison, and then they wrote the train scene and just worked backward from the train scene. And like you said, it's it's a wonderfully impressive bit of screenwriting, just because of how well they work backwards.
0: And you have the um, you have the whole thing where uh, they the Browns go to the prison, and then um. And then the whole, all the prisoners come and help Paddington. And then it's like, hey, Paddington, we want to escape. And it's like, no, because the Browns will figure it out. It's like the Browns will forget you. And the Browns didn't forget him, but they didn't visit him. And it's only like once a month that he gets visitors. So that must have been fucking crushing, uh, because he Seriously, didn't know the looking forward to that for a month. Mm-hmm. And so he decides to help them escape. And then, and then they're like, we don't. We don't want to escape. Uh, we want to escape uh, with you, and if you do it, we'll help you clear your name. And then they betray him. And then throughout the entire plane ride, they're like, we should go back and help him. And then Knuckles is like, okay, no, uh,
1: I don't do nothing for no one. And he totally does. Okay, every single time I watch that scene with anybody, somebody says, they're going to pull a Han Solo. Yep. Like they don't just know what they're going to do, they know it's a reference to Star Wars. <laughs>
0: I wonder if it was a coincidental reference to Star Wars. But yeah, it's exactly what Han
1: Solo did. Yes. That said, I mean, like I said, it really does feel like Paul King went and watched the 100 best movies of all time and made this a week later, where <laughs> I would not be at all surprised if he watched Star Wars, took a note, and then put that in there. It's like he watched Harry Potter and
0: the Chamber of Secrets. and It's like, oh, I can do that with the
1: train and like, try and get on the train. I'd be perfect. Yeah, but like, oh, oh, what else can we do with trains? What else? Um, hey guys, let's go watch every train scene in every movie ever, and then not do that. Let's do everything <laughs> else that's ever not been done in a train scene.
0: How do we make it so that the kid knows how to drive a train? He's like seven. It's like he's not seven, he's like twelve, but whatever. Let's have it so that he has an obsession
1: with trains and he studies steam trains. Which, by the way, makes sense for that character. The first movie. He's obsessed with chemistry and he loves rockets and all that sort of stuff. The fact that he loves trains honestly makes sense.
0: Plus, in the first movie, his dad sets a rocket up in the house. Uh, sets a rocket off in the house and uh, he's worried about his safety, which is a great like gag for like the, pe- the dad was worried about the safety. I love the flashbacks with the dad, by the way. The, 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 flashback- the flashbacks with the dad... Oh, with Mrs. Oh, Brown yeah, yeah. and Mrs. Brown, when they're in the 70s and he's driving a motorcycle and he's like, sup, baby, let's do this. All that crap. One of the times, so one cool.
1: of the times I was watching this movie with somebody, uh, about halfway through the first movie, she said, how, how did they even get together? Why did they even, how on earth did she marry him? And then they had the flashback. It's so funny. and then, and then uh and
0: and she tr- dives in to save Paddington because he's drowning and it's like how does she know how to swim really well oh she wants to swim the channel which is a very common thing that people that bike athletics uh want and live in England want to do they want to swim the channel from England to uh France it's just, it's a common thing and you have to train for like months so that makes sense that she'd want to do that, considering that she's always been adventurous.
1: There is a uh, kind of along those lines. So remember how in Paddington Two, one of the random minor characters, one of the neighbors, is a taxi is applying for his taxi test. Uh huh. So like yeah. Americans watch that scene and we're yeah. like, oh, he's just working on a random exam, and I'm like, no, no, no. okay, you don't get it. London streets are so convoluted and so bad that bec- that applying to be a taxi driver takes more work than applying to be a doctor. Yeah. You can me. become a doctor faster than a taxi driver because they're just that convoluted and because taxi drivers have to be that good. It's not like in uh, New York where it's up like a grid. It's only- not like in... Anywhere else where you can just turn on a GPS? No, if you go to London, you put your GPS away. You don't go rent a car. You take a cab because the cabbies are the only ones who know how to get anywhere because the system is just so bad. The GPS can't even figure it out.
0: And that comes back because he's in his taxi and he drives uh, Paddington's aunt from the uh, from the airport to their house. Oh.
1: Oh, I hadn't thought about that. I was just thinking about how that comes back in the climax, where he's the one who drives Paddington halfway across town because he has a garbage truck and he can do that, and uh-huh. he knows and he knows London streets and he can do that. <laughs> yeah,
0: all this stuff just comes back, and it's it's all great, and it's they all work together, and it's, yeah, when she comes back and she's in London, and I'm like, of course she did, and I, it's so cute, and I'm crying, and you're crying, and everyone's crying. I love this movie. I'm going to watch
1: it again. I cannot wait for Paddington.
0: Me neither. It's so cute. And it might be, if, if Paddington 3 is as good as, um, Paddington 1 as Paddington 1 and 2, I'm willing to bet that this will
1: be one of the top, my top five favorite trilogies. Yeah, I mean, we've got Paddington, Captain America, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. Those are kind of the most respected trilogies right now, except the Paddington isn't a trilogy yet.
0: Uh, you can't have The Godfather because people don't like Godfather 3, and that's terrible. So you got Toy Story, but that's coming out with okay, Toy that, Story 4. So would that count
1: as a trilogy? It's still a trilogy. It's a trilogy with a fourth one.
0: Okay, sure.
1: That, that's um, how I count it so far. I mean, it Star Wars... It may out that it really is a four-movie series.
0: Star Wars and um, Lord of the Rings count as trilogies, even though there's six of them. And with Star Wars, there's more than six now. But it's like, a trilogy is when a story arc takes three movies. So that's how I count it. So if it's a separate story, then it doesn't count. I'm not sure about Toy Story 4.
1: Yeah, I don't know about Toy Story 4 either. Uh, Maybe Pixar knows. I think Pixar knows about Toy Story 4 right now. I'm pretty sure they, if anyone knows, they will. Okay, so Paddington 3.
0: Who would you want playing the villain? Some British. Uh, who can ham it the fuck up?
1: <laughs> who can just have so much fun of it? The- uh, we've been looking at like Hugo Weaving, uh, Hugh Laurie. Uh, oh, he would be so much fun. Yeah, Tom Felton.
0: Hugh-, Hugh Laurie played House, and yeah, and um, he played House for like seven years. But before that, he just did a bunch of comedic roles with Stephen Fry. Hmm. He's a big comedic actor uh in England. And then he did House and then Americans Noticed. But he played, there's a show called uh, Laurie and Fry or Fry and Laurie or Hugh and Steve, something like that, uh, where it was just them as a double act doing- Oh yeah, Fry uh, and and Laurie. Yeah, Fry and Laurie. uh, And they were doing uh, a comedic double act for like years. So he could totally do comedic roles and that's what he was known for for like decades. I, I would
1: love to see Simon Pegg as the villain for the third one.
0: Simon Pegg's good. Uh, Stephen Fry would be fun. Uh, he'd be a good but I don't think he could ham it up. Uh, he'd be a good villain but he'd have to be like a twist villain and I don't think Paddington 3 needs a twist villain. I think that it would be better if it was just like uh, someone that's chewing all the scenery. Yep. Um, yep. But like anyone really. Someone that can ham it up but other than that any comedic, uh, anyone that can play comedy, I'm all in.
1: <laughs> yep. Oh, there was one other big thing. I'm forgetting it off the top of my head. I'm sorry. That's all right. Uh, yeah, th-
0: this this is a great movie, and I love it. I love it. Uh, I wish that we could talk about it for like seven hours, but we can't. So, thank you for coming on my podcast. Thanks for
1: having me. I always like talking about Paddington with anybody. It, it's really fun. Um, where can the good people find you? So if you actually want to hear more of my thoughts about movies, you can find me on Twitter at Story at the Core. Story at the Core. Yep, that's my main, that's my main thing for talking about movies these days. Okay, cool. If
0: you want to follow me, uh, subscribe to this podcast. Every week I talk to someone about their favorite movie, Hunter. This is going to be hard to top
1: because of pure <laughs> enjoyment. I'm glad. And if you want to follow Paddington further, you can find him on Twitter at Paddington Bear. and oh. Upcoming is a Nickelodeon series where uh, Studio Canal and David Heyman, the studio and producer behind the Paddington movies, are working with Nickelodeon on a Paddington TV show starring Ben Whishaw, the voice of Paddington. <laughs> Targeted one I'm
0: in! I won! I, yeah, of course they are! Because of course they are! Because why wouldn't you? <laughs> When I saw uh, Zootopia, I'm like, make it a cop show. This is a cop show. Come on, guys. You have like a million cop shows. Make one with a rabbit.
1: It's a bunny cop movie.
0: Exactly. And, and, not my
1: joke, not my phone. Okay, fine.
0: <laughs> I, it's, it's, so, it's so much fun. Um, so you can follow, you can subscribe to this podcast. We talk, about, uh, we talk to people every week about their favorite movie. We've had tons of people on. This is my favorite movie so far and you were a great guest. I love it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Aussie Nerd Pod. You can follow me on Facebook, uh, Aussie Nerd. I'm good at branding. Uh, and uh, until next time, goodbye.